Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth.
The Lord be with you. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Please be seated. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the Feast of Pentecost. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you're very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. What God has prepared for those who love him, he has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything. Therefore, let us in penitence open our hearts to the Lord, who has prepared good things for those who love him. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God, who has at this time taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Saviour, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from Acts, chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound came from the heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Yea, and on my men servants and my maid servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapour of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and manifest day. And it shall be that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is taken from Romans, chapter 8, beginning at the 22nd verse. We know that a whole creation has been groaning in travail together until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts of man knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. 
Jesus said, But when the Counselor comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me. And you also are witnesses, because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I love working with young children because, untrammeled by the fear of embarrassment or of looking stupid, which so often manages to silence intelligent and educated adults, children of a certain age are unafraid of asking the glaringly obvious but really important questions, particularly in relation to theological issues. I can remember being asked, for example, by one small child who was totally on the ball, if Jesus conquered death at Easter, why do people still die? Another of my particular favourites was the question, before he created the universe, what did God spend his time doing? And I was once telling the story of Pentecost, which we're celebrating today, to a particularly bright and sparky class from a local school, when one of the children, looking slightly puzzled, suddenly asked me an astonishingly good question, which was this. Why did the disciples have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come at Pentecost when he was already here? That little boy was, of course, absolutely right. Both the Old Testament and the New are packed with all kinds of references to the Spirit of God at work in the world long before the story of Pentecost, which we heard in our reading from Acts this morning. 
The Spirit is there in the opening chapter of Genesis, moving upon the face of the waters at the dawn of creation. The same Spirit inspired the Old Testament prophets, as in the famous words of Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And of course, the Holy Spirit plays a role of central importance throughout the whole of the life and ministry of Jesus. The angel Gabriel tells Mary that she will conceive by the Holy Spirit. At his baptism, we are told how the Spirit descended upon Jesus before immediately leading him or driving him, depending on which gospel you're reading, out into the wilderness where he was tempted for 40 days. And during his active ministry, Jesus is empowered by the Spirit to heal the sick, to cast out demons. The Spirit is everywhere. And we see the Spirit at work in an astonishing range of ways, bringing order out of chaos at the creation, yet at times bringing turbulence and chaos into the lives of the comfortable. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends with terrifying power, rushing winds and burning flames. But the Spirit is also a spirit of peace and calm, the still, small voice, and is no less powerful and every bit as life-giving when working in those quieter, hidden ways. I have a clergy friend who once told me that it had been suggested to her that every Pentecost she and her companion should pray to receive one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. She confided in me afterwards, I'm starting to wonder whether we were wise to follow that advice. All kinds of extraordinary things certainly started to happen as a result, but you can't imagine the trouble it's causing. In other words, if you want a life that is quiet and safe and predictable and uneventful, don't meddle with the Holy Spirit. But let's go back to that little boy's very good question about the coming of the Spirit at Pentecost. Because despite the fact that the Holy Spirit is most certainly at work prior to that event, which is the occasion that we mark today, Pentecost does nevertheless have a very particular significance. Because the coming of the Spirit at Pentecost marks the dawning of a new era an era that was foretold by the prophet Joel, who spoke of a time that was to come when the Lord would pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. That era began when, at Pentecost, the Spirit descended upon the disciples of Jesus, empowering them to take the good news of his death and resurrection, the good news of the Messiah, to the ends of the earth. The real significance of that highly dramatic event at Pentecost, which we heard in our reading from Acts, full of rushing winds and burning flames and empowering the disciples with the gift of tongues, is that it marked the origin of the church. 
And for that reason, Holy Spirit and church were and remain absolutely inseparable. We cannot make sense of either one of them without reference to the other. The Spirit needs the vehicle of the body of Christ, the church, to take God's love and the good news of the gospel out into the world. And the church needs the Holy Spirit to be empowered to fulfill that calling and to remain true to that calling. Every morning, I say morning prayer downstairs in our main crypt chapel. And I do so very conscious of how deeply immersed I am in the history and the tradition of this extraordinary church, St. Bride's. From where I sit for that morning office, I can see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to the second century. I'm reminded that I'm joining in the worship of a Christian community on this site that dates back 1,500 years. I can see before me the remains of the 11th and 12th century churches that stood here long before Sir Christopher Wren created our present architectural masterpiece after the Great Fire of London, which was itself substantially rebuilt after the destruction of the Second World War. And I never fail to be touched by a powerful sense, not only of the history of this place, but also of the fact, by the fact that this is a place where prayer has been valid over many, many centuries. A place where the Holy Spirit has dwelt and continues to be at work, sometimes in and through the most surprising of people and events. We can see the Spirit at work in the beauty of this wonderful building, in the power of our glorious music, which lifts our hearts and helps us to connect with the wonder and the majesty of the living Lord. The Spirit of God continues to burn in the prayers and the hearts of the people of St. Bride's today, just as it has throughout our history. Yes, we are all of us broken vessels with our failings and weaknesses and limitations and mistakes, but we are all nevertheless still called to be temples of God's Holy Spirit, channels of his grace and vehicles of his love because we are called to be the body of Christ. And so we should be attentive at all times and in all places to the task of discerning where the Spirit is at work and where he is calling us to be. So, how can we tell how and where the Spirit is indeed active in our lives and in the people and events around us. There is no easy or straightforward answer to that, precisely because the Spirit blows where it wills. It cannot be contained by our assumptions and expectations, nor does the Spirit work for our convenience or according to our preferred timetables because if that were the case, it would not be the Spirit of God. 
But if we are alert and attentive and ready to be surprised by the Spirit, then truly astounding things really do begin to happen. One of the best descriptions of the Holy Spirit at work that I have ever come across is in a poem by the priest and poet Mark Price, entitled, The Holy Spirit Speaks to Fellow Witnesses, where it is the voice of the Spirit that we hear speaking to us. I shall leave you with his poem, which goes like this. It may seem to you as if I do not have a voice. How does fire speak? How does light? Must love have words? Not always. Sometimes I am sheer energy. Sometimes touch. Sometimes stillness. Mostly you can trace me in the quality of experience as a body senses out the way it dreams of being through a dance. I am at play when a child leaps in the womb. To know me is like the seeping in of morning. A shift from one world to another, the power of becoming. I move through walls, through the cells of flesh and prisons. I open hearts and minds and eyes and ears and doors of every kind. Being the giver of gifts, I surprise. You become my voice through a language not your own, which strangers understand. With a song you sing in chains, I may enchant the desolate. I lead you in the finding out of unfamiliar places. Journey after journey becomes your home with me, for I am a way of travelling. I am your disturber, your companion, the interpreter of visions and of blinding moments, both the flow and the fracture may be evidence for my involvement. I may overwhelm, I may conceal myself, listen for me, look for me, wait patiently with the patience I shall give until a time of my choosing. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ.
We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Holy Spirit that we have received by grace, we pray. Bestow upon your church the gifts of strength, wisdom and judgment, that by your Holy Spirit we and all your people might be a living witness to the world. Open our ears to hear your word, open our hearts to receive you, and open our eyes to all who seek to follow you. Bless our bishops priests and deacons, and all in positions of authority, that by their leadership your church might flourish in charity and in love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Have mercy on a world where there is often speech without communication, relationships without love, and where people are separated by barriers of race and nationality. Send your Holy Spirit to show us our true needs and teach us to live together in peace and unity. Give us grace to recognise the value of our diversity and of the wealth and beauty of all your creation. Bless all nations as together we continue to fight this pandemic. We pray for our brothers and sisters suffering in India and for the support of vaccination programmes across the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be with us in our daily lives in our relationships with family, friends and colleagues. Be with this community of St. Brides in our worship and fellowship, 
scattered throughout the nation and across oceans, but united through the love of your Holy Spirit. Bless the people of Fleet Street and all journalists throughout the world, particularly those who put themselves at risk in the pursuit of truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Praying for all who are in pain or sickness, or who suffer in the darkness of unhappy lives. Pour upon them the light of your healing, comfort and love. Reveal your spirit to those who have never known you, and restore faith to those who have faltered. Praying thanks for all doctors, surgeons, nurses, carers and ancillary staff. We pray your blessings on them and on their families for their commitment and their vocations. Bless all who are suffering the effects of COVID-19 and those with long-term sickness. Bless all who love and care for them and comfort those whose lives are drawing to a close. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Giving thanks for all those who now rejoice in the perfect knowledge and unclouded vision of your nearer presence by the pure light of the Holy Spirit. For those whose anniversaries fall at this time, for those recently departed, and all who have passed away this past night. Giving thanks for the love and lives they have shared, we pray for all who miss their presence, but cherish their memories in their hearts. May we who know and worship you imperfectly now come at last into that same perfect light. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? God has made us one in Christ. He has set his seal upon us and, as a pledge of what is to come, has given the Spirit to dwell in our hearts. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, that after he had ascended far above all heavens and was seated at the right hand of your Majesty, he sent forth upon the universal church your holy and life-giving spirit, that through his glorious power the joy of the everlasting gospel might go forth in all the world. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Faithful God, who fulfilled the promises of Easter by sending us your Holy Spirit and opening to every race and nation the way of life eternal, open our lips by your Spirit that every tongue may tell of your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
Spirit of truth lead you into all truth, give you grace to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and strengthen you to proclaim the word and works of God, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Hallelujah.